This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 38. Today's special guests are Dr. Cynthia Sweeney and Bonnie Barnes from the DAISY Foundation. Cindy and Bonnie share the story behind the DAISY Award and Foundation, the significance of meaningful recognition for nurses, and how meaningful recognition is a foundation to the healthy work environment. You won't want to miss this. It's a very special interview. Stay tuned. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We're your hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today. You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast. We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare, to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, everybody. It's Tracy. And Michelle. Before you listen to this pre-recorded episode, we just wanted to pop in and say again, thank you. Thank you to the healthcare leaders, to the clinicians who are on the front lines of this epidemic. We know and appreciate how hard you're working, how much you're sacrificing, and how stressful this must be. So again, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, and this is Michelle also extending my gratitude We also know that in the midst of this stress and all the challenges that you're facing, there are extraordinary and compassionate care that is being delivered all over the globe. And there's many heroic stories that are happening right now as you're listening to this. And there will be for quite a while. Um, And we know that they're going to be recognized and they're going to be celebrated in the future. And there's going to be many, many more Daisy stories related to this. So as a reminder, we also want to invite healthcare leaders who want to connect with other healthcare leaders during this time that Tracy and I have set up a Facebook page or Facebook group um, called the Resilient and Balanced Healthcare Leader. And it's a community of healthcare leaders. So if you haven't joined yet and you would like to, and to really share stories, that's what it's there for, and to ask people uh, questions, um, you can go to our Missing Logic LLC Facebook page and hit visit group at the top and come join us. Yeah, you know, Michelle and I just want to do whatever we can to support you right now. And uh, so this is our way of offering you an opportunity, a community, a way to connect that, you know, with others that get what you're going through because not everybody does and uh, and give you a chance to kind of just connect outside your organization to other people feel, you know, supported, lifted up and for you, you know, to help others too, because your stories and whatever you share and your experiences, I'm sure others are going to 
learn from and appreciate. So we really encourage you to join and um, take a few minutes, you know, out of your day to support yourself and to lift yourself up. So we will uh, now move forward and you can listen to this awesome interview and uh, we'll see you on the airwaves in the future. Tracy and I have been leveraging a polarity mindset to combat burnout and be balanced and resilient as healthcare leaders for over 15 years now. If you're burned out or tired of feeling overwhelmed by competing priorities, overworked, and stuck or lost and want to thrive as a leader and perform at the highest level in every meaningful aspect of your work and personal life, this approach might be for you. This spring, we will be offering a new online group coaching program to teach and coach healthcare leaders how to live on purpose, prioritize competing demands, and develop balance and resilience in their work and personal lives using our dynamic balance framework. Before you listen to this podcast, go to www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast and join the early interest list on the top of the page so you can be the first to get all the details. Hello, it's Tracy. And Michelle. Not really. No, <laughs> April Fool's. April Fool's joke. <laughs> so this is the real Michelle. And the real Tracy. And uh, we just wrapped up a fabulous interview with, we call them the Daisy Girls, Bonnie <laughs> Barnes and Cynthia Sweeney from the Daisy Foundation. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Oh, they're really just so warm and genuine and mm-hmm. passionate about what they're doing. And they've made such an impact. It's really, they had some great stories. It was really a really nice interview. Yeah. And I think what you'll appreciate as listeners is it's about the journey. And this, the Daisy story is a journey in and of itself. And that really unfolds in our interview with them. Yeah, it does. It does. And the, you know, the significance that, well, it just takes you right back to nothing's a coincidence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens for a purpose and a reason. And sometimes you don't know what that is until it happens. And this is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Cindy meeting them is another example of, right? You just never know who you're going to meet and where it's going to take you. So just great stories. We'll yep. Just leave it at that because you got to listen to the episode, right? To That's right. Understand what that means. <laughs> That's right. We're only going to share so much with That's you. Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So let's uh, share a little bit with you about Bonnie and Cindy. First, I'd like to introduce Bonnie, and she does not stand alone. She is with Mark, her husband. Bonnie and Mark Barnes spent their careers working as advertising and marketing executives. They lived in California, were retired, and they grow wine, Tracy. Well, I think they grow grapes. <laughs> April Fools. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm so I caught you. <laughs> anyway, they're this wonderful couple, and they had a significant family health experience that changed their lives. So they decided to change the world. And this podcast is about their story. And they established the Daisy Foundation that you're going to hear about. And their foundation's work has now been supported by numerous professional organizations, uh, just to name a few, the American Organization of Nurse Leaders, the American Nurses Credentialing Center, the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, the International Council of Nurses. I mean, they are on everybody's radar because of their exceptional work they're doing to support nurses. They also have been honored by organizations uh, with awards, 
The DAISY Foundation has received the President's Special Recognition Award at the Magnet Conference. They've received AACN's Pioneering Spirit Award. And Bonnie and Mark have been inducted as honorary members of almost every major nursing organization you can think of, including being honorary fellows in the American Academy of Nursing. It's wow. like, wow. Yeah. Well, they're doing phenomenal work. It they doesn't are. surprise me. They are. And when you listen to this, you'll know why. How about a little bit about Dr. Cindy Sweeney? Dr. Sweeney is the Vice President of Nursing at the DAISY Foundation. And in this role, she's engaged in program development, providing the nursing view for the DAISY Foundation programs. Previously, she worked at the American Nurses Credentialing Center. She had oversight for the development and execution of education products and services that support nursing certification, as well as organizational credentialing. The programmatic areas she supported included ANCC accreditation certification, the Pathway to Excellent, and of course, the Magnet Recognition Program. She spent over 40 years in perioperative clinical services, as well as in academic and leadership roles. She's been around. She has been. In addition, she served in the Navy Nurse Corps, retiring with the rank of captain. So we should be introducing her as Captain Sweeney. A favorite role is that of clinical nurse specialist in surgical services, serving as a teacher, a mentor, and clinician in support of staff and perioperative patients. And you could just see that, right? It just just radiates from her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Her doctoral work at the John Hopkins School of Nursing focused on the use of meaningful recognition of compassionate practices in the operating room. And then in 2019, she was inducted as a fellow in the American Academy of Nursing. So she serves on a variety of boards as a volunteer. She loves to travel and spend time with family and boat on the waters of Chesapeake Bay. That sounds awesome. It does. It does. They have a great partnership, and we can't wait for you to hear their interview. Yeah. Without further ado, here they are, Dr. Sweeney and and Bonnie. Bonnie. Well, welcome, Bonnie and Cindy. We are so excited to have the two of you with us today. Thank you. This is Bonnie, and it's our pleasure, I'm sure, to be with both of you. And this is Cindy, and I echo Bonnie's comments. It's just uh, very exciting to be on this podcast. Well, we're excited to have you, Yes, we are. (laughs) So we always like to start with just a little, you know, personal. And we know that the two of you don't live near each other. (laughs) Much like Michelle and I, right? We're separated across the country or many miles in the summertime when we live in the same state. So how do you keep it all together? How do you coordinate your work and stay on top of things and collaborate from a long distance? Oh, well, living on opposite coasts, me in California and Cindy in Maryland, that's a great question. But our entire team is a virtual team. We've got a staff of 24 people that live all over the country. And we are all very well connected thanks to technology through our Salesforce database and phone calls and video calls. And of course, we get together several times a year. So Yes, we're we're very lucky to have technology and in this day and age to be able to work uh, from our homes remotely. And thank goodness for the conference schedule that we keep because we get to see each other at conferences and and Bonnie especially is very good about writing notes to us and you know keeping us in the loop in the old snail mail way as well. So it's wonderful. It's a very um <clears throat> it's a very connected group in many ways. 
Well, you're doing phenomenal work and getting phenomenal results. So yeah. that virtual reality is working for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we said before we got on the podcast, we're going to learn from these two. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I want to start out. This is Michelle congratulating you on the recent 20th anniversary of the Daisy Foundation. Of course, I was so privileged to be at the Magnet Conference and see the big celebration and you and Mark on stage. And it was just phenomenal. And uh, so congratulations. And Bonnie, I wanted to start with you and tell our listeners a little bit about the beginning. How did this get started? Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you got to experience what was truly a highlight in our Daisy life over the last 20 years. Um, Mark and I still watch the video of that magnet presentation, and it still makes us cry, just as it did when we were on stage in front of 10,000 nurses celebrating extraordinary compassionate nurses. But I do, you know, the, the beginning of Daisy, have to recall, was not a happy time. It was a time of great sadness for our family. In 1999, Mark's son, my stepson Patrick, died of complications of the autoimmune disease, ITP. And he was 33 years old. He and his wife had just given us our first grandchild six weeks before he woke up one morning with some peculiar symptoms. And went to the doctor, had a blood test, and found out he had virtually no platelets. So Pat was admitted to the hospital with a diagnosis of the ITP, and his wife, Tina, called us and let us know what was going on. And we said, well, we'll come on down to Texas where they lived and figured we'd get a few more days with our new grandbaby, and he would be in the hospital just a short time. Well, you know, as you know, that's not what happened. Um, Patrick became increasingly ill, really, really ill. And at the end of, of what I always think of as the worst eight weeks of our lives, he died. And frankly, we didn't really anticipate that that would happen. But when he died, we started thinking very quickly about what in the world we were going to do to get through this. I mean, how do you fill that gaping hole in your hearts? How do you get back to a, a positive place in life and, and think about a future when your heart's broken? So as we talked over what I often refer to as a very liquid dinner, because Mark and I do grow wine grapes in our spare time, uh, we started thinking about what we could do in Patrick's memory and kept coming back to the only positive thing we could think about about his illness, and that was his nurses. They were, of course, excellent clinically, and just as we expected they would be, they were really good at handling what became a very complex medical situation. But the part we didn't expect, and what really took our hearts, was the way they delivered all that care. Their sensitivity, their kindness, their compassion, not only to Pat, but to all of us in our family, well, that's what took our hearts. And, and we just felt compelled to say thank you. We knew that what we experienced was not unique to Pat's nurses. We just knew that. And we felt we needed to find a way for us as, as a family, as patients, we needed to find a way to say thank you to nurses for the little things they do that make such a difference in our experience when we're in their hands. So over that dinner, we created the name DAISY, which stands for Diseases Attacking the Immune System, and with it, the DAISY Award for Extraordinary Nurses. And it was a way to give patients and families a way to share their stories of what a nurse had done for them. So that's the, that is the story of the beginning of the Daisy Award. And we cold called the hospital where Patrick took, was taken care of 
and asked if they would pilot this program with us. And sure enough, I, I think they really felt sorry for us. And, you know, we were a grieving family and they were so kind. They wanted to do whatever they could. And they said, sure, they would be happy to pilot it with us. So that's how the Daisy Award got started. Wow, what wow. an amazing story. It is an amazing story. I've heard it many times, and every time I hear it, I get goosebumps, and just some really amazing. Yeah. Thank it, you. It really yeah. is. And now, 20 years later. Holy well, moly. <laughs> right? Did you yeah. ever dream that those first steps were going to take yeah. you 20 years into the future and, and have such a significant impact that the Daisy Foundation has had? Did you ever dream that was possible? Never in a zillion years. We could never have anticipated that Daisy would become what it is. I mean, we thought, and I'm quoted as saying this in the University of Washington daily newspaper, we thought if we could say thank you to nurses in 10 hospitals around the country, we would have done our thing and could go back to doing what we were doing before Patrick got sick and we would feel better. <laughs> but needless to say, nurses got a hold of this program. And when they saw the strategic value and when they saw the, the response that the stories of extraordinary care were receiving from the nurses, well, the thing took off. And as Mark likes to say, we were an overnight success in 20 years. So uh, <laughs> today, we never thought that there would be 4,027 healthcare facilities in all 50 states and in 25 other countries committed to honoring their nurses with the DAISY Award. More than 136,000 nurses have been honored so far, and, and most important to us, more than 1.6 million times a patient or a family member or a coworker has taken the time to tell their story of what a nurse has meant to them. So clearly, given that kind of number, we are not the only folks who need to say thank you to nurses. Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. Now, so now how do organizations engage with you? Well, it's really very easy. First of all, the, the nurse, we've seen the word of mouth on this program has really been what's built it. And uh, all they have to do is go onto our website and there are two very simple forms they can fill out. One is a request for information where we immediately respond with telling them how to run the program. And then when they've made the decision that they want to bring the DAISY Award to, to their healthcare organization or their school of nursing, they simply fill out a commitment form that gets gives us all of the nuts and bolts information we need, and then we go into partnership with them to really make the program successful and give them all the tools they need to run it and have it make the impact we know it can make. And then do you read all the different entries, or do they do that locally? Well, the nurses are chosen by... Uh, people in their own organization. So we don't actually choose any of the honorees, but we get to read, oh my gosh, so many stories because many, many of them, oh, about 75% of them are posted on our website. Mm -hmm. We have oh, many, many tens of thousands of extraordinary stories of nursing care. And so we read a lot of them. Oh, that's wonderful. How yeah. rewarding. It, yeah, I know. Right? And there's nothing like well, the power of a story, you know? So I love, the, I, I even love the format that you did it in. It's just the story. Oh, thank you. Well, it's, it's true that anytime you're having a day that's not the best day and you want to be reminded of what goodness there is in the world, yeah. that there really are good people and there's a lot of positive going on, you just go to daisyfoundation.org and look at 
our Daisy Honoree stories, and it'll bring a smile back to your face. Oh, wonderful. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. So, um, Cindy, I think when I first met you, you had just joined the Daisy Foundation. So um, tell our listeners, um, you know, how it came to be that you met Bonnie and Mark and how you joined the Daisy Foundation. Well, 40 years ago when I got into nursing, Daisy wasn't invented, so it wasn't on my my radar. I thought uh, what I wanted to do was to be an operating room nurse in the Navy and do all that exciting stuff. So eventually I got to do that. And um, those roles led me to um, the American Nurses Credentialing Center, believe it or not. My background was in uh, education. So I ended up as the director of uh, educational products and services there. And it was in that role that uh, I got a phone call one night from the executive director, Dr. Jean Floyd, who said, hey, uh, what are you doing tomorrow night? I would love to have you join me for dinner, and there is a couple that I'd like you to meet. I think we could do some work with them. Little did I know that the couple I would meet would be Bonnie and Mark Barnes. I'm always up for a free meal, so that was like a (laughs) no-brainer. Yes, I certainly will show up for dinner, especially when your boss is asking you. That's right. And um, we had a lovely meal and a lovely time uh, talking, and I um, realized that this story was not just a simple thank you, but a powerful way for nurses to connect. And in the role that I had, I was uh, responsible for programs that included the magnet program and eventually the pathway program. So the one thing that I um, walked away from with that meeting was a bunch of notes. And the next morning did a a debrief with, um, with Jean saying somehow we need to make sure that every nurse gets to hear this story because it's so inspiring. And we were just beginning our international work uh, at Magnet. So one thing we knew for sure, we wanted to bring Daisy wherever we went, including the international uh, spots. So that was the beginning of our relationship. And uh, so over the course of the next few years, I got to know Bonnie and Mark a little bit better because we always made sure we coordinated and had them at the various conferences. And then um, it wasn't, it was probably about seven years or so later mm. that uh, Bonnie talked to me uh, about the idea that, that they were going to create a new role, which would be for a nurse. And believe it or not, here is an organization all about nursing, but there was no nurse on the staff. And that role, uh, she asked if I could give some input into it. It was a leadership role, and I was absolutely happy to do that. We had just had a successful um search for a new executive director and so I felt fresh and ready to go with what we had learned in those and so as we started to create this role I thought wow whoever gets this is going to be one lucky person this is like (laughs) like all the goodness I always say it's not like you just get homogenized milk you get the cream you know the the top so it was a snowy day in January a few years ago now it's uh, I guess it's almost six years ago And I thought, you know, you don't know the answer unless you ask the question. And so I took a deep breath and um, called Bonnie up and I said, I put my final comments on this position description, but I want to ask you a question. Do you think that somebody with my background might be a candidate for this? Because I might be interested. And then I remember it being a very long, to me, very pregnant pause. And I thought, oh my gosh, Bonnie is so nice. She's trying to think of a nice way to let me down. (laughs) And so what to me seemed a long time, she came back and was very, very um, 
effusive and kind and said, absolutely, we'd love to have you um, join the team. And I said, well, let me dust off my CV and get it into the mix. And so um, about two months later, I got a phone call that said uh, Bonnie would be in town in D.C. because I'm on the East Coast. And uh, we ended up having dinner and the rest is history. Another dinner, another, you know, yeah. another of course. <laughs> um, and then I joined the team later that summer. So coming up this July, I'll be with them for six years now. Wow. Wow. What a great I'm story. <laughs> yeah. You never know who you're going to meet, right? You created your own destiny. How about that? <laughs> really do. And it didn't involve being, uh, you know, uh, in the operating room or on a ship, ultimately. But it, it uh, certainly culminated in all the good stuff that nursing is. And as Bonnie said, you know, if you're having a bad day, it's hard to have a bad day, Daisy. Yeah, because you've got stories all the time surrounding you. So um, we're yeah. very, I'm very blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, we are. I'm just going to say we are very blessed at Daisy to have Cindy join us with her experience and expertise, but but especially her her passion, which is the most important thing to us with anyone we interact with, and why we love talking to you, Michelle and Tracy. Mm-hmm. Anyone who shares our passion for honoring nurses for extraordinary compassionate care, and Cindy has just elevated mm-hmm. our our work to a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Well, we love running into you at conferences um, because you can tell that you are kindred spirits. You have a great partnership between the two of you, and it just ripples out to your whole mission and how you connect with people. So I've always you know, noticed that when I'm with you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, Cindy, um, I can really appreciate how now you're bringing the professional nursing aspect to the DAISY uh, Foundation, and um, I think you've done a stellar job with some of your work. And uh, I think one thing that you have really brought to the forefront that helps you know, nurse executives and other leaders really think about how important meaningful recognition is and how it relates to uh, healthy work environments, which is so important for, you know, nurses and clinicians really want to work in those types of environments where they can bring their camp, their compassion and their caring, you know, to the Mm -hmm. best of their abilities. So share with our listeners how meaningful recognition and healthy work environments are connected and what you've learned about that. Well, first of all, I have to acknowledge that when I joined Daisy, uh, Bonnie and Mark said, you know, basically, here's a blank sheet of paper. You need to inform what this role is going to be. And for those who've been in high pressure, high intense roles, to go from like 200 emails a day to the, you know, hoping somebody will call you now. You know, when you first join a position and you're like, oh, I'm so organized, all of my emails are I've deleted, I'm clean, you know, my flight, oh, everything's in place, this is going to be great. And then you stare at this blank screen hoping someone's going to reach out to you. So I went through a little bit of an adjust- adjustment, but what that did is it allowed me to really sit back and think about the role and think about what my contributions might be uh, from the nursing perspective. And one of the things that I knew very clearly from all the work I've done in the past, especially with Magnet, is that nothing stands unless there's evidence behind it. So nurses are all about the evidence in practice. So I had my moment where I thought, that's really what we need to do. We need to connect the evidence to Daisy because Daisy was working. Everybody loves Daisy. It was a nurse to nurse um, evolution that I saw happening. But if the question ever came up why, we needed to be able to respond to that. 
And so literally, um, for my own information, I started looking at the evidence out there and to see what the connections would be. And on the back of an envelope, I started kind of mapping it out for myself. So between the, um, the work that I was finding out there and then Dr. Cindy Lefton had done some really wonderful uh, work opening the door about defining DAISY as a form of meaningful recognition and then connecting that to the work of the American Association of Critical Care Nurses who, um, who produced the standards of healthy work environment, it all started to connect. So for those not familiar with those six components of a healthy work environment, as defined by the AACN in 2005, and then again, they validated in 2016, um, there are six pieces. One is skilled communication. Uh, the next is true collaboration, effective decision-making, appropriate staffing, authentic leadership, and my favorite, meaningful recognition. So mapping that out, I started to see a model evolving, and that was really to help me understand and put some context um, to it. But the evidence, as it started, as I started looking at it, it started putting itself into buckets very clearly. And so it was about the foundational work of what a healthy work environment was, was one bucket. The next was how meaningful recognition connected to engaging nurses and making them understand the significance to what they did every day and what it had the impact it had on their own level of compassion. And then finally, not least important, but probably most important, was the impact it had to patients and families. So it makes sense. If you're in a healthy work environment and your nurses are engaged, your patients and families will benefit from that. So that basically became the DAISY model that, um, that we work off of today. So it um, really helps us to put some context around it and be able to speak to the evidence in a way that frames it out uh, in terms of DAISY and the connection to meaningful recognition. Yeah, well, that's, that's really great how you've been able to put that all together and uh, frame it around the evidence and then even show the outcomes, the significant outcomes that are related to it. And Tracy and I have done a lot of work for the last 30 years with healthy work cultures as well. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we naturally do is we look at um, interdependent values that are connected that you have to pay attention to. And so we look at the DAISY model and... Um, you know, that recognition is really important for um, retention of nurses, but we also mm -hmm. have to look at how we're recruiting good nurses to that environment too, right? To keep it strong and healthy um, as an example. Um, and when you think about the communication too, um, how are we being candid, but yet diplomatic and mm -hmm. how we are communicating with each other as nurse colleagues and also the patients. So it's mm -hmm. that whole culture piece that's really significant. Yeah. And, and if I could just share with you um, some recent research that we actually were involved in that demonstrates this. So we've just completed research um, in two places and they're uh, both studies are, one has been published uh, last summer in uh, June in Jonah, and the second one will be published coming up now in February. But the first study I'm going to talk about uh, is what it meant to patients and families to be able to recognize nurses using DAISY. And we went out to a um, health system and uh, were able to do conduct a series of interviews, structured interviews with patients and families who had given us permission to talk to them in about a 15 to 30 minute interview. And we went through basically trying to fish out what exactly it meant to them to be able to do this. 
And what we found, again, were buckets of information. So this was a qualitative study that started to put itself into these really clear categories. The first being the patients and families wanted to describe for us what extraordinary care meant to them and what it looked like. So that was characteristics they were defining. The second bucket was about the relationship with the nurse and how important it was that that bond was not just a one-way, but it was two-way. They felt that by recognizing their nurse, that was how they were partnering with them because they acknowledged the great care and they were able to then reciprocate by giving, you know, getting, being involved mm-hmm. in the award. Mm-hmm. And then the third was the one we didn't expect, but it was a sense of loyalty that they had for the organization. Uh, in fact, one nurse, um, one family shared that they had named their baby after the nurse, which sounds mm. pretty nice, except that the nurse was a male and the baby was a female. So, you know, that baby will have that nurse with them for the rest of their lives. Um, but that was one study. And I think it was really wonderful. And we hope to replicate that study and take it out further and validate the findings that we had. Um, the other study we did was using artificial intelligence. So we took uh, um, from three different organizations, their DAISY award, uh, nominations that they had collected electronically. And we were able to do a sentiment analysis and look at themes. And again, Nothing unexpected, but it's always wonderful to see it validated in the research, and all both of these were IRB-approved studies, um, was that compassionate care and kindness was a higher priority in terms of what patients and families wanted than the skilled mm-hmm. piece of it. So I think that was the takeaway, that that's the one thing that they wanted, expected, and had to have in care. So again, I think it underlines the significance of compassionate practices in our um, in our delivery, and also the acknowledgement of how important it is for patients and families to be able to acknowledge when that care is delivered. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so validating yeah, because it is. I've always told people, you know, when I was instructing students or working with my other colleagues, I'm like, patients really don't care how many tests you do. Mm-hmm. What they care about is who you are when you're with them. That's all they care about. They mm-hmm. just care about who you're being with them, not what you're doing to them, you know? And exactly. so that, you know, it's that compassion, right? It's that connection at the heart level, really meeting them where they're at. And one of the things I was saying about, Michelle was mentioning some of the polarities, but one of the things that struck me as I was getting ready for this and just hearing you talk now too, is that one of the key polarities that stands out to me that I think runs as a, a thread from the patient and family the clinician, the organization to the DAISY Foundation is a polarity of intent and impact. Mm. And you started this when you started the DAISY Foundation with your intent to honor, Mm. right? A nurse Mm -hmm. and nurses who provided compassionate care. And look at the impact that you've had with that intention. And that impact then, again, fuels the intention, right? So they're interdependent. They're connected to each other. You're not going to get to this level of changing health care and changing how clinicians provide care and how organizations recognize them without both. And it also is in the nurse's intention and how she's being with the patient and family and the impact she's having 
And then again, at the patient level, their intention to honor the nurse and the impact that has on the nurse and then the organizations overall. So it's just a thread that's running right from the patient and family all the way back to you. And it all began with your initial intention and the significant impact it's had. So I just wanted to bring that up because I just, it just Tracy, struck me. I think that that is a really terrific analysis of this. I, I would never have thought of, certainly not 20 years ago, and maybe not even now, because I still think about this as all we wanted to do was say thank you. <laughs> yeah. However, one of the things that I think as you describe this thread, it really is a, a, um, a fantastic circle of elevating an environment of positivity. Mm -hmm. We we talk about it as what happens when you focus on all the right going on in healthcare. Nurses and other clinicians are trained to focus on everything that's wrong. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with the patient, of course. What's wrong with this piece of equipment? What's wrong with the parking, for goodness sake? Everything (laughs) is what's wrong, right? But what DAISY allows leaders to do is to what we talk about is shine the light on all the good that's going on, shine the light on all the right. Because when you do that, it's like, you know, you do a root cause analysis when something goes wrong and you spend all this time (laughs) figuring out why and how to fix it. But when you do the same kind of thing on what's right and you talk about all the good that's going on, magic happens in the culture. Exactly. And who would have thought? Yeah, that's yeah. been perhaps the the greatest learning for me has been understanding the the impact of sharing those stories. I'll never forget years and years ago, a chief nursing officer named Carol Robinson at the University of California Davis said to me, "I know all these stories are going on every day in my hospital. I know my nurses are doing this stuff, but I didn't have a way to bring it out. I didn't have a way to celebrate it, and I didn't have a way to share it." with everybody else in the organization. Yeah. She yeah. said it all. That's yeah. right. That's right. And you mm-hmm. gave her the way. So congratulations and you know, on that. The other piece of this that I think that organizations need to appreciate is the fact that they these beautiful nominations, these stories are full of qualitative data that they can look at, just like we did in our studies, mm-hmm. to help inform their own practice in their in their mm-hmm. own communities. So, you know, each community is unique, the culture is mm-hmm. unique. And so your patients and families are truly, if you're doing patient and family-centered care, you should be listening, listening to these nominations as the voice of your patient and family, telling you what they want in care and what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really makes it transparent through the process, mm-hmm. right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So have you, have, have you ever given the award to a, a team of nurses? Oh, yes. I have to tell you how we got, got into honoring nurse teams, um, and now we call them actually nurse-led teams. Years ago, we had a call from the chief nursing officer at Thomas Jefferson University Medical Center in Philadelphia. It was a wonderful DAISY partner and, and still is. And she said to me, you know, I, I get all these nominations for teams when patients can't really call attention to one nurse because so many have done something great for her or for this patient, and would you consider letting us give an award to a team? And so I get Mark on the phone with me, you know, talking about this with Rachel, and we said, gosh, you know, I wish we'd thought of this. Of course, it's such a natural thing, but maybe it's not just nurses. Maybe it's a nurse-led team, because there are other people on the team that probably come together to do extraordinary work. I mean, that's we experienced that when we were in the hospital with Patrick. So let's try a DAISY team award and see how it works. Well, you can just imagine the kind of stories that patients tell 
and how excited our, our hospital partners were to have a way to honor not just an individual, but also teams. So now, uh, once or twice a year, most of our DAISY partners will do a team award. And that opened up for us thinking about what the DAISY award could be that was more than what we originally envisioned, which was the relationship between one nurse and one patient or family. Mm -hmm. We started thinking about, well, who are the people that are creating the environment where nurses can do all this great work? Nurse leaders, but they're not usually eligible for uh, the DAISY Award because they're not doing direct care, and that's how we were defining the DAISY Award. Oh my gosh, we need to create a DAISY Nurse Leader Award. (laughs) So we did. And of course, now that's having a, a tremendous impact as well. And then we started, well, we had at the time a, a, a dean on our board of directors, a dean at a school of nursing, and she looked across the table at us one day and she said, you know, somebody had to teach those nurses who took care of Patrick. Another one of those epiphanies. So we started learning very quickly about how important and how, how important the role of nursing faculty is and how difficult the work of nursing faculty is. And so we created the DAISY Award for Nursing Faculty. And then we got a call one day from a group of students at a nursing school in Iowa who said, you know, we're doing work at the bedside every day, and we need to be reminded of why we started out. I mean, nursing school is so hard. They sent us this PowerPoint presentation. I will never forget how professional (laughs) it was. So we created a DAISY Award for nursing students. And long story short, what we are seeing is the DAISY Award applies across the board from the beginning of your career as a student, and now we have a Lifetime Achievement Award to to say thank you to those nurses who've dedicated decades of their lives to taking care of the rest of us. So wherever nurses practice, wherever they are in their careers, we have a way to say thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. That so is. aren't you glad you asked about the team award? I <laughs> yes. am. See, there's yes. just so much there. You got to peel back that onion and that's reveal right. what's there. Wow. <laughs> it's wonderful. So, so if I could follow on with a story about sure. the team award, I think it'll sure. help to bring some of it together. So one team award that stands out in my mind, and it wasn't so long ago, um, it was a team in the operating room, which of course is where my clinical home is. But they'd had a very difficult case with an emergency C-section, and they needed to save the life of the mother and the child. Now, unfortunately, the baby did not make it, but this OR team um, ended up being nominated for the team award and subsequently selected to receive the very first team award for this hospital because the story was so poignant that it motivated the organization to bring the team award on. I think what I wanted to share is that it was the other teams in the room. So it was a group of OB nurses. It was the NICU nurses who were there ready to receive this baby that were able to stand back and see what these OR nurses were doing and how they were holding the father and the mother and this baby um, and recognizing the compassionate care that these OR nurses were providing. This whole OR team was providing to the mother, the father and the baby. But most striking to me was after the fact, I was there when they awarded the team award and it was the anesthesiologists that were so touched because they were part of the team, they received the award as part of that team and they said they had never been able to stand back and see their efforts from other people's eyes to see Mm -hmm. that, that from other folks, they were delivering this level of compassionate care and, you know, it was mirrored 
back to them. So I think it's just an example of how the DAISY Award touches nurses, touches patients, touches families, but touches the whole team Mm -hmm. because we're all able to stand back and see the care we provide through other people's eyes. And it's Mm -hmm. so, so um, important to us to fuel our own energy to get through the next day, right? Mm -hmm. And you know what? That whole team will just continue to pay it forward, right? They experience that, and that anesthesiologist will never forget that. And you just continue to bring that good, positive stuff forward. So that's awesome. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, and I'll say in the OR, uh, what was related to me is they basically had a chance to put their story out there so people can see what happens when nobody's watching because your patient's not watching, they're asleep. You know, most people are not going to be there to recognize the care, but to them, that's what was important is they were actually able to share the story outside. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's amazing. As healthcare leaders, we feel it's pretty safe to say that you're a leader because you want to make a difference or contribute to something larger than yourself. And as a human being, you want to enjoy your life and get the most from it. But you always feel the constant tension and tug between these two important aspects of your life. That's why we've created the Making a Difference Enjoying Life Assessment. So you can identify how well you're managing this tension and gain some insights into your own steps for managing it more effectively. It only takes a few minutes to complete, so take advantage of this unique opportunity and go to www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast and click on the link at the top of the page to take the assessment. So um, tell me also, um, have you ever thought about expanding the DAISY Award to other health professions? This is something that Mark and I have been asked a lot and we have thought a lot about. And the answer after very careful consideration is, we have tremendous, we are tremendously supportive of the importance of recognition for every member of the care team. And we hope that they will all be recognized, but DAISY is for nurses. Our experience, and we are rooted so, so clearly in our experience with Patrick's care, was extraordinary care from nurses. And it's nurses that we want to continue to support with recognition. But we do hope and we do encourage that every one of our healthcare partners to honor other members of the care team. We offer them all kinds of guidance if they want it on, you know, just take our program and, and emulate it. And we've seen some wonderful examples of that. The Sunshine Award, the Bee Award, the Caring Hands Award, uh, all kinds of different awards that are, um, have been created by healthcare organizations to ensure that everyone's being honored. And they are well modeled after the Daisy Award, but Daisy is for nurses. Well, I can certainly understand that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, given that you've have you know over a million stories on your website, <laughs> and you've uh, really have heard so many many wonderful stories, we wondered if maybe you could just pick one that sticks out in your mind that you you know you just it just is always with you if there's one story you could share with our listeners um Cindy I'll start with you so there is a story that that does stand out in my mind and it's um and I got, had the opportunity to interview this nurse um mm-hmm. after her story so I have a little bit more context to it but she was a young nurse who was working in a, a children's hospital and she worked with children who had oncolo- uh, were being treated under the oncology team. So most of these were very, very sad stories. 
she shared with me that she became so involved with her very first patient that she didn't feel that she was able to render the care she needed to render to them because she emotionally allowed herself to become involved. But she took that with that case and she learned an awful lot. And she ended up coming back, caring for multiple families and providing them with guidance in terms of end of life decision making for their child, which I cannot imagine having to face that every day as your, you know, your role. Mm-hmm. But she, what she learned from her first experience, she understood that, yeah, you can be empathetic, but you have to be able to help and guide. So her DAISY award was based on the work she had done with families subsequently. And God bless the fact that we have someone like this because she not only took that role in her community, in her hospital, but she became a nurse ethicist and then mm-hmm. took it to being able to teach and share and, you know, did her graduate studies around that. Um, and she ultimately was recognized with uh, the Institute for Healthcare Improvement Award that we do in col- uh, collaboration with DAISY. So really a wonderful story of how you build on this compassionate piece and this practice and how you refri- reframe reframe and refine that compassionate piece of your skill set to help others. Um, and one of the things that I think about often, she said that when she received the DAISY Award, it became she became more cognizant of compassionate care in others. So she was much more sensitive to it, and she made a point on a weekly basis of using a DAISY nomination as a way to journal and recognize others, because she said when she wrote their nomination, it helped her to understand what she appreciates in her own care, what she values, and it Mm -hmm. reinforced it so that she was always mindful of ensuring that she was doing the best she could in terms of compassion when she approached these families. So that one has always stuck with me because essentially you just see this uh, impact of this award and feeding again back the work that you do and the importance that you do, and then it just kept taking it to the next step higher and higher in her own professional development. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what a great story. Yeah, yeah. It impacted her whole career. It impacted her whole career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It continues to. Yeah, yeah. Bonnie, do you have one that stands out for you? Oh, so many. Um, And I hate to keep, I hate to to, uh, repeat a a concept from a children's hospital, but sometimes they're the most visually easy to to think of. And one of my favorites that I speak of often is there was a a child who um, had to have a uh, a burn dressing changed, and her nurse was this wonderful man. And in front of the mom who was there watching her child feel just tortured with terrible pain from this burn, the nurse started singing a song from the movie Frozen. Mm. And it totally distracted the child and got the nurse to be able to do what he needed to do. And the mom, in writing her Daisy nomination for him, described the confidence that it gave her, the peace of mind that it gave her, that she could leave her child with this incredible human being who probably was not the all-time best singer, but he (laughs) knew what it was going to take to get this little girl distracted so she would hold still so he could take care of her. Mm -hmm. It's a beautifully written nomination and one of my very special ones I love to talk about. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's great. Got to have to learn some songs. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'd have to learn to sing. You never thing. know when you're going to need those, you know? <laughs> wow. You never know. Great. You never know. You never know. Yeah. What a great story. 
Well, you know, with 2020 being recognized as the year of the nurse and midwife by the American Nurses Association and the World Health Organization in honor of Florence Nightingale's 200th birth anniversary. Wow, can you believe it? <laughs> it should be a year for nurses being recognized, right? I mean, what a, what a what a great year to do that, you know? Set that up for you really well, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Big promo year for the Daisy Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts about that? Just about well, the whole uh, year of the nurse. Oh, of midwife. course, we think yeah, we think every year is the year of the nurse. And and by the way, we do in cultures international cultures where it's appropriate. We do honor midwives with the Daisy Award as well, mm-hmm, for example, mm-hmm. in the National Health Service in the UK. But yeah, every year is the year of the nurse for us. So we are really thrilled to see nurses getting this kind of attention. And we had the great gift of um, being invited to participate at the International Council of Nursing uh, Conference last June in, in uh, Singapore. And we were introduced to a gentleman who actually, I think, had a lot to do with creating the year of the nurse Dr. Tedros, who is the director general of the World Health Organization, and had some quiet time with him and a chance to see his profound appreciation as a physician and a leader of a ministry of health, and now, of course, as the leader of the WHO, to see his profound uh, appreciation for the role of the nurse. So to see this happening worldwide now, oh my gosh, it totally warms our heart. And as a result, I have to say, Daisy is getting attention in countries as Far-flung is, is throughout Africa and Asia and certainly in the Middle East where we've had a pretty good pretty good foothold. But now the attention to recognition through a structured program like DAISY is just taking off around the world. Mm. We're thrilled. Oh, that's fabulous. Cindy, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, I think with what, uh, to follow on with what Bonnie has said, I mean, Daisy truly those, uh, demonstrates that extraordinary compassionate care has no geographic boundaries. Um, it transcends our profession, and it's what makes us one in the global sense as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy provides us with exemplar- exemplars every day and evidence of this in the thousands of nominations we get um, from around the world written on behalf of nurses. So to have this recognition from the World Health Organization of the impact of DAISY is truly a testimony, I think, to the importance of this work and the importance of compassion in the delivery of care, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely, yep. So, um, Bonnie, you had mentioned earlier how, you know, a significant piece of the DAISY Award is to really shine the light on all that's right. And uh, we understand that you have a book coming out called Shining the Light on All the Right, Celebrating the Art of Nursing Around the World. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about that and how they can get a copy? Oh, we are so excited about this. Um, Over the last several years, especially as we were approaching our 20th anniversary, a lot of people were saying to us, you know, have you ever thought about telling your story of how Daisy went from one hospital to over 4,000 and what, what all went on in your life that you managed to make this happen. And of course, it's not just us. It's so many people who've had a role in, in building the Daisy Foundation. And we really felt, yeah, we need to, to help nurses understand what nurses have done to create the Daisy Foundation as it is today. And and frankly, there are so many stories. And as, as Mark and I age, we want to make sure we don't forget them. <laughs> so we decided we did need to, to write them down. And, and we are very excited that 
the story of the Daisy Foundation's first 20 years, as I like to think about it, will be released in early February, Shining the Light on All the Right. And, um, well, the, the nurses who have read it for us and previewed it have been effusive in their praise for it. It's a it's an easy read, but I think a, a really compelling one, because it's we're telling the story as it happened and in a way we frankly have never told it before because as, as much as I described, um, you know, how we started, there were a lot of tough years that we talk about, um, what went on and the struggles of building this that, that got us to where we are and what it took for Daisy to be built. So that's really what the story of this, this Mm -hmm. book is about. And it certainly talks to the evidence as well as Cindy's been describing it. So how to get a copy? Well, it'll be on Amazon in early February or mid-February. And, uh, of course, we are um, just go to our website, daisyfoundation.org slash book, and we will have uh, an easy way to, to get uh, multiple copies there for those who want to give it as gifts. Well, congratulations, and we can't wait to read it. Yes, yes. Thank you. And it'll, yeah. it'll be in the bookstores of many of our nursing conferences this year, so we'll be excited to see yeah. um, how it goes. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Oh, well, thank you both so much. You're so inspirational and um, what a phenomenal story. And we're, we're really thrilled to share it. It's, it's a story to be told around the world. Oh, it is. And thank yeah. you so much for shining the light on <laughs> what is right with our listeners so that they can experience this incredible journey that you've been on and this incredible work that you're doing. And, you know, it really uh, has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. And I'm just so glad I got a chance to meet both of you and to learn about your work. Yeah. Well, and we thank you for the opportunity because it's yet another way that we can say thank you to all of your listeners who are nurses. Thank you for what you all do every day to take care of the rest of us. Thank you for the passion you bring to patient care. Thank you for how hard this work is. We know it and we are forever grateful to you. Thank you both. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't forget to go to missinglogic.com slash podcast and join the early interest list so you can be the first to get all the details on the new online group coaching program we will be offering to help healthcare leaders combat burnout, live on purpose, and develop balance and resilience in their work and personal lives. Thanks as always for listening to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We'd love to hear and answer your questions. If you have questions, you can email us at questions at missinglogic.com, and we may include your question in a future episode. You can find show notes and links at our website, www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast. If you're the kind of leader who wants to help others, then share this podcast with your peers and other healthcare leaders. We're certain if you found value in it, they will too. Please share this on your social media channels and leave us a review in iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, you can find instructions on our website at www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast.